and welcome to RD and the In-Betweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello, and welcome to this episode of RD and the In-Betweens. Today I'm going to be talking to Victoria Christodelides, who is working with me on the conference committee for a new conference on research ethics that's going to be taking place at the University of Exeter next June. During this episode, we're going to talk about the ethics conference we're involved in and, and how we kind of uh, got interested in um, having those wider critical discussions about research ethics, but also attending and submitting an abstract to your first conference and some top tips. So if you're new to attending conferences, this will be a really, really good insight into what the experience is like. So, Victoria, are you happy to introduce yourself? My name is Victoria Chrysler-Leaders and I am based in the University of Bath, um, but I work in an interdisciplinary PhD um, project uh, with uh, UWE as well. So, um, yes, my second, nearly third year now. Um, doing doing that yeah can you tell me a little bit about the project project so my uh my project itself is looking at childhood trauma recovery literacy so the kind of discourses narratives that are surround childhood trauma and the recovery practices and really trying to uh, through a kind of participatory action um research framework work with survivors to reimagine what recovery and um, practicing recovery um, could be and how um, recovery could be understood perhaps differently to what it currently is um, as it's predominantly dominated by what we would classify as the biomedical um, framework so looking at the psychotherapeutic or medicinal practices that sounds really fascinating and perhaps unsurprising then that you've become involved with the research ethics conference given that i imagine you're encountering some really deeply complex ethical issues through the course of your research yes so i did um an mres a course at Bath prior to starting my PhD and that's kind of really when the can of worms opened <laughs> for, for me in ethics. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I, I haven't had any um, of the kind of, I suppose, uh, the biomedicinal uh, ethical challenges uh, that um, some people might get, but I do get uh, and have had quite a lot of complexity um, in the the ethics proposals that I have um, one being that's quite it's because it's quite a complex project because it's an emergent design uh, participatory action research it's um, I'm going to call it PAR because it's much much shorter but the PAR is quite a complex uh, framework so the ethical procedures are are quite not rather they're more than you know obviously they need to be thorough but they are quite uh, lengthy because because it's emergent you have to kind of talk about the things that 
you might include that might happen um, and and it, that can be quite challenging uh, but also there are the, the the challenges around working with um, what would be classified as a vulnerable population so you have those those kind of ethical um, uh, challenges as well uh, and I suppose even more recently COVID and the um, the things that I'm looking at and really in the thick of at the moment because I'm not quite I haven't quite done my data collection yet but how to do participatory uh, you know research in a in, you know <laughs> in COVID times it's also quite yeah. quite challenging so that's obviously some of the challenges involved in your particular research what yes. kind of got you interested in ethics or considering ethics more broadly in the kind of field of research and therefore wanting to be involved in the research ethics conference um so i think i i would probably say that um my experiences of ethics and possibly because the the approach i've taken to the projects that i've been involved in have been um maybe a little bit more abstract and dealing with you know, vulnerable groups in ways that perhaps added a little bit more complexity uh, really opened up to me when I was going through the process uh, in, you know, for my ethics applications. Just, it felt like there wasn't a huge amount of guidance or um, information uh, around uh, around ethics that I felt were fit for purpose and talking with other um, students, staff uh, from, you know, not just our university, but, you know, wherever I seemed to go, um, even I was in com a conference in Barcelona and I was having the same conversations wow. with uh, senior professors who were going, yeah, no, it's the same with our university, actually. We, uh, you know, there, there's, there's all this talk about we need to be you know, providing ethical, uh, you know, research, but actually, what does that actually mean? And when I thought about how, you know, with my introduction to ethics, I can remember one seminar, and I appreciate every university may be different, but I, I remember having one seminar talking about just kind of what we need to think about and having a few things online to to go through as a course and that's pretty much it but it's so much more complex and um and I think wanting to be involved in the conference was one I I feel very strongly with my experiences uh, in in completing ethics forms and being involved in research that there is so much more to the the, the process of ethics and how um our research can be ethically grounded than it is currently and I think it is often an afterthought it is often a checklist and it would be great and through this conference I can I can see that being a really strong catalyst for that um, it being a starting point to kind of extend those conversations and dialogues and going well look you know okay people are getting ethical approval and completing their research but how can we make that better how can we make the the researchers more ethically grounded from the start to finish of their projects and even before 
you know completing it but also understanding the process a little bit more what it is that they need to complete what what do you need to think about in terms of um provision of information the information sheets that you get all sorts of things like that it can be quite complex and uh, and uh, difficult to follow and i think you know as i said you know speaking to loads of people i just think it's currently not quite fit for purpose and i you know, I think something like this ethics conference has got so many um, moving parts that can support that. I think, um, I think that that really excited me to be part of something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I feel the same. Um, if coming from a very different perspective, um, in terms of thinking about the the training side of that and how we put the support structures in place and and where the knowledge sits. Mm. So we're here to talk really about, about conferences and perhaps sort of submitting an abstract or a conference or attending a conference for the first time to help people thinking about attending the research ethics conference, but also who might be at the start of their research journey and kind of feeling a bit mystified <laughs> by these magical things called conferences. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the first time you attended a conference? Oh, the first time I attended a conference. Yes, it was during um, the, my time as an MRes student at Bath. And I, 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 I didn't submit an abstract to that one, but I did for the next one. But um, attending the conference that first time, fully enough, actually, um, felt... Uh, quite nerve-wracking um I think a lot of things were going through my mind one was you know am I, am I going to be the one that really looks stupid coming to this conference with all these great speakers and um professors and people who are far more expert um in their line of inquiry um than I am and it kind of in, initially put me off uh going and you know, I'm glad I pushed through that uh, nervousness because when, when I when I have then you know subsequently gone on to and I think there's always a little bit of that when you when you come to to conferences sometimes is um, actually it, it that doesn't ever really matter and those conferences really provide a fantastic space not just for learning. But, but also networking and um, you know being able to ask questions that you know you can't you can't necessarily do if you're just watching a, a video or just reading a paper you, you you get to maybe ask questions around your own um, your own project and you know I've had some great opportunities when I've gone to conferences to speak with people who are more knowledgeable than I am and kind of go you know can I borrow five minutes of your time most of the time people are really happy to and you know you know they're very interested in listening to your you know your project and kind of go look you know this is the problem I've got I'm not you know I was thinking about what you were saying you know I'm not quite sure and actually so many times it gives you great ideas and um, sometimes even problems for you to have to think about that you hadn't thought about before but they are just such a great space for you to be able to move your ideas and project forward whatever that might might be yeah and I think that that kind of uh, sort of imposter syndrome that you're 
talking <laughs> yes. about is, yeah. is really really common but also sort of against the nature of of what a conference is which is that if you you know conferences generally aren't places where you find concrete answers they're they're the places where we discuss the complex ideas and and try to grapple with them um and you know certainly in terms of presenting at conferences people aren't necessarily expecting you to have sort of a formal finished product you know conferences and conference presentations are a great place to explore your ideas and explore how you're Mm. articulating your ideas and analyzing your data and it's not necessarily about kind of having the finished product but about the opportunity to enter into dialogue about where your thinking is at that moment in time absolutely Uh, i think you're dead right i think um you know the that's the 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 beauty really of conferences i think um it's my thoughts around going to conferences is that you know as long as 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 there's a general link or even more of a specific general to specific link to your um to to, to your project and in this case ethics kind of applies to everybody so you would (laughs) kind of argue that the conference that that we're going to be holding you know everyone can come but generally speaking you're you're, you know there'll be conferences which might you know be a bit more aligned to what you're doing or or very specific to an area of work that that you're focusing on but the the real beauty about it as you were saying is that you know there aren't necessarily uh, concrete finished um projects you can actually come with your idea and i've I've done that when i've Mm. when i've delivered a presentation i kind of was talking about what it is that i wanted to do and based it on some of the work i did in my errors you know and so it doesn't it you know things don't have to be finished and what's great about that is that there are so many different takes that you can um be exposed to in how to approach work, you know, in um, theories, uh, in methodologies, all sorts of different things that you can have a look at that you don't necessarily get access to um, yeah. as easily as you may have done before. And, and I think what what's really important about that for our own learning is if we if we only travel down the route of reading, uh, watching, engaging with um, one specific school of thought and one area of um, um, work we actually don't we we actually inhibit our ability to to argue our own standpoint and I and I believe quite strongly that actually if we uh, engage with these different perspectives um, and which you do get at conferences which is why they're so fantastic really um, you get the opportunity to go I never thought of that you know I could argue my point more strongly because of this or actually that's really made me question my perspective I need to think about strengthening my own argument based on what this person says well that's a great example you know for me to pull on and use within my my work um, and make it relevant to to what I'm talking about so yeah I'm strong advocate for conferences absolutely and you know we're we're talking about doing something at the conference which is um which is very much kind of about not having answers so it's a discussion panel Mm. about how ethical training um isn't fit for purpose and and Mm -hmm. 
and how we and a kind of exploration by a number of mm -hmm. panelists and with the um people attending about what you know what we think that we actually need yeah um in terms of training and skills and support to underpin ethical research practice um and you know we, we're not going with the answers about what we think that training should be but rather with the open question of going we know that what we have isn't isn't doing the job it needs to so let's have a conversation you know let's start mm. the conversation now um and not necessarily find the answers but at least kind of propel the conversation forward yes exactly mm, uh, absolutely yeah and i think you know again great place for for conferences to be able to kind of it's not just about people talking at you you yeah. know you know and i think the ethics conference that you know we're putting together we've got workshops you know uh, supporting with training you know um we've you know got a good collaboration with different um organizations and um businesses as well as you know uh students and i think you know if you take the panel that you know that we we're talking about there around the, the fit for purpose ethical training i think you know that's a really good example of you know we're not here just talking at people saying this is what we think should change because you know we really value the input from other people and you know what would be great is you know we'll obviously have a range of different people you know talking in the panel but having a range of uh, perspectives from the audience to kind of go hey look this is my experience you know um and you know how how can we utilize those experiences yeah. um to better our processes and i think the beauty of ethics and as, as i mentioned at the beginning of this conversation there's been so many people that i've spoken to from all walks of life who do who just say the same thing is not fit for purpose mm. this could be something that i think should transcend across um universities across the education system for research and it could be so easily done if we can come together and i say easily everyone's yeah. probably rolling their eyes not easily i appreciate but you know that there is definitely i think um a route here that that could be you know made a bit easier yeah because collectively we have the knowledge yes it's yes. just it's sitting in you know as with so many things it's sitting in individual pockets right now and yeah. you know the the discussion we're having is about bringing those people together and the, and the broader ethics yeah. conference as well about you know working with um different groups and businesses and charities and educational organizations outside of higher education you know again it's bringing that breadth of knowledge and understanding together and you know that is a lot of what research is doing now it is about mm, absolutely disciplinarity it is about connections to industry and practice and bringing together different forms of knowledge or different kinds of knowledge um to give us that sense that something richer absolutely and i think the great thing about this conference um is that that we can do that i think the the um bringing the best practice is is exactly what i'd love to see happen is I'm sure you know. You know, I know different universities uh, have difficult ethical, uh, different ethical processes. Is the same with the departments. I think it's we need to extend those dialogues and conversations to kind of see where's the best practice. You know, where, where can we pull on that and and in, improve that across across the board. So, no, I agree. Yeah. So, thinking about 
abstracts and and kind of submitting abstracts to a conference what was that like the first time you did it oh um so i the first time i did it i uh, i had basically just started my my phd so i'd finished my emeralds um and just started my phd and i'd been asked to talk because of the at a, an empathy a conference regarding empathy in research and i'd been asked to talk because the work that i was doing interlinks with, with concepts of uh, empathy and, and some of the practices that they were doing and i felt very 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 out of my depth because as we mentioned you know even though it doesn't matter to me i thought i should be coming to this conversation with these great speakers with you know a full-blown here's my project here's my answers mm -hmm. <laughs> you know here's the the outcome and this is what i'm going to do with it hurrah but <laughs> it was very much um this is just my ideas for my phd i did base it on some of the work that i had done within my MRes, because but that's how i um how i utilized the MRes for my phd so uh, i completing the abstract i think was um it it always seems more daunting than than we really need that it really needs to be and as you pointed out the imposter syndrome really does well for me it does certainly put, put or, you know, put or raise its ugly head but i think when you've got a, a good um structure to follow for the abstract and i think we've got some uh tips uh, and advice on how to structure that as well as we've got the workshops as well which are you know really looking forward to to, to, to listen to that to help people but I think when you've got those things, and I didn't have any of access to, to that, um, it makes it a lot easier. But I think when you first send it off, I think it's always good to get other people to to check it over, see what they think. You know, have you got the, the right idea in how to structure it? Maybe ask your supervisor to, to have a quick review and see if they've got any uh, advice or anybody else you know who is, who who completed abstracts before um, and I sent stuff and kind of um, you know very quickly got uh, uh, you know a yes this sounds great we would like to, to have your presentation um, and it was then quite a straightforward process for me I appreciate it's different dependent on uh, what the conference outline is but I, I believe ours is, is quite simple uh, for um, submitting abstracts but yes there's always that slight <laughs> uh, nervousness of submitting something to you know because you want you you, you want to be accepted and uh, approach for it but I, I would say i think you know even the process of writing an abstract even if you don't get chosen and there can be a plethora of reasons why you may not be um but even if you're not the, the whole process of working through writing an abstract actually can help you with your own project and uh, you know, is really useful to do because you've got to be succinct and it's great especially even at early early stages of your project 
um, to be able to kind of maybe conceptualize um, more concisely what it is that you're doing and then even further along down the line you've obviously got some more information that you could pull on uh, but again even doing it kind of mid to end of your project or beyond if you're if you're not a PhD student and you you're fully fledged academic but uh, if you if you know in, in those throws as well it's great to be able just to utilize it as I said to conceptualize your ideas clearly so um again i i'd really welcome anyone at all stages to to engage in that process yeah and i think what that thing that you're saying is really key about actually forcing you to hone in on or crystallize some of your ideas and some of those kind of mm. overarching aims or arguments because so much of what we do in academia is about like long form writing you know yeah. i know that a journal article doesn't necessarily feel like long form writing but to a lot of people you know 6,000 words it's quite a lot um mm. you know it's about having the time to kind of develop argument and to kind of build on ideas whereas actually the the real challenge is is in okay how can I describe this really succinctly um in a way that communicates why it matters as well absolutely and I it's a really important skill and one that you know we forget when we are in the throes of writing reams and reams and reams <laughs> of words you know yeah. 90,000 to 100,000 words doesn't you know seems uh, you know a few a few hundred to a thousand doesn't seem very much but it is really important skill that I think you know when when you do nothing but long writing you can easily forget um it, and it's one that you will absolutely carry forward, you know, with it, within your career, whatever career you go into as well. You know, when you if you if you were going down the academic route, you'll be asked to submit abstracts in the future. You will be asked to submit um, journals which are shorter, you know, and you have to you know, really tease out your your you know, your key points, as you said, you know, it needs to be crystallized and really clear with what you're doing. If you're not staying in academia, there are so many times and, you know, working in business and, and in sales myself, there's been so many times that I'd, you know, had to be really concise with what I was saying. And I'm a waffler and people listening to this probably already can tell that, but it, it is a real skill that 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 you know absolutely anybody can benefit from and obviously if their abstracts get chosen um depending on what they want to go down we've got lots of options don't we for you yeah. know how people might want to um you know creatively um, discuss their 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 work but again you've then got the opportunity to expand out and you know, maybe do a poster maybe do a panel maybe do um a presentation and again these are all skills that you know we really do need practice in um so you know this is a great opportunity for people to, to do that yeah for sure and you know those those skills of articulation and summarizing and kind of being able to talk about your research um or being able to kind of communicate your research in um a fewer amount of words shall we say um is an important skill <laughs> not just in kind of communicating 
with a broader kind of academic or non-academic audience but also you know when it comes to your writing and when it comes to writing up you are going to need to even though you've got your 80 to 100,000 words or you know whatever it is that you're aiming for depending on what kind of research degree program you're on you're still going to need to be able to do that you know you've got an abstract right an introduction a conclusion you're going to need to make your argument clear throughout that's a skill that's going to carry you through the written thesis as well it's not just in kind of conference-based research communication that that's useful absolutely and i think the great thing when we've got a conference which is just so cross-disciplinary uh, and I mean, it feeds into all areas of any work, you know, whether it's academic or not, that, you know, and, and we're coming, you know, it, it's been a few years now, but I think it's really prevalent and um, been pushed quite heavily by research councils and organisations and so on, that we need to be demonstrating collaboration, demonstrating impact. and you know when you um need to do that and um, often you have to work with different audiences and work interdisciplinary in, in, in an interdisciplinary way yeah uh, i was going to say a bigger word make it shorter in in an interdisciplinary way and when you do that actually you know it you're not speaking even though you may be speaking to another academic you have to be aware that actually you know that the, there are different languages you know across disciplines that people won't understand so again when you're having to engage in writing abstracts and doing it for audiences that may not be your direct discipline or area of thought or out to the organization you're developing skills that will enable you to to explain what you're doing to anyone yes rather than just that you know that specific niche that area that you're situated in and I think that's really important as I said you know when when we're looking more and more to to you know if you're looking at grants for example or looking at you know working with other organizations you have to do that and you know in it and <laughs> it, it's not easy I'm, I'm working in a collaborative um, and interdisciplinary field and and it's not an easy process to do so we need to develop those skills so again these you know, conferences provide that and especially one with as I said which um, you know such as ethics the, the topic is you know already you know cross-disciplinary so I wanted to also reflect on being involved in the organization of a conference as a PhD student and what that's like um, and what kind of what you're gaining and what you're learning from being kind of involved in the behind the scenes rather than just attending. Yeah, this a, it's an interesting one, actually. I think I have never been involved in a conference before, so I really didn't know what to expect. Um, I, you know, I'm quite a busy individual uh, and, I, and I was a little bit worried about how much time I needed to devote to this. And I would be wrong if I said that, you know, you didn't have to put time aside for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm aware that 
different members of our team have you know varied responsibilities you know and, and there are some who have more than others so you know I think it's bearing and you know being I think coming to it being I was being really honest about what I could and couldn't do uh, and I've been able to kind of extend extend that you know as I've got a little bit more confident with that um being being involved in the conference itself has been quite illuminating and Illuminate, illuminating in a number of ways one I think I've been really bowled over by just how much stuff um, one can do and I think you can make it complex um, more complex than you know or simpler depending on what you want to incorporate and I think that depends on your team and the skills I think for this particular project we've again possibly because of the con context of what we're talking about we've really been able to expand what is on offer and who can who 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 can bring what into um the possibility of the of the project which has extended it and i've seen it grow and change and shift in in what we what we are looking to provide what we can provide you know you know i great ideas and i think that's been for for, for me what's been so interesting is learning from from everybody and kind of going oh right you know although that's not my role I've seen what somebody else has done and thought oh that, that's really interesting I never knew you could do that or even down to programming and you know Microsoft Forms for example it's like well these are the skills that I hadn't actually um, used myself that I was being encouraged to use and um, it has has been very useful for me um and i and i think it you know that that's been you know some of the the greatest part and obviously being part of something which um, i'm quite passionate about and learning off of others as well who are passionate about about ethics in in different ways so yeah it's been i've i've thoroughly enjoyed it thank you victoria for taking the time to talk to me about all things conferences if you're interested in finding out more about the Research Ethics Conference that Victoria and I are on the committee for, I'm going to add a link to the web conference website in the show notes. But I hope that even though our conversation has been quite specific to this project we're involved in, it's inspired you to, to take the plunge and to attend your first conference or submit your first abstract. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe. And join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers, development, and everything in between. Bye.